0: Open your Bibles, please, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6. Today is part one of a four part series entitled Eternity Made to Live Forever. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 says he has put eternity in their hearts. I read a story about a cat named Clem. He had strayed away from home one day, and owners thought Clem was gone forever. But eight years later, it's an amazing story. Eight years later, Clem showed up, walked inside the house, and jumped into his favorite chair. Incredible story. The family was shocked to see him. They couldn't believe that it was Clem, but it was. They took some pictures of Clem that they had taken years ago, and and they're looking at the pictures, and they're looking at this cat sitting in his favorite chair, and sure enough, it was was clam. it's an incredible story God has built a homing instinct into the animal kingdom and we see this especially with dogs they can be miles away from home and somehow they make their way back to their home God built this homing instinct into the animal kingdom But he also has put this inside every human being as well. Man has this built-in sense, this built-in instinct that this world is not our home. There is something after this life that we long for, and it's called eternity. God has placed eternity in our hearts. I've used this illustration before, but I think it is a wonderful visual and reminder when we talk or think about eternity. Pastor Dan, would you just grab this and and take it as far as you can? This rope represents, thank you. This rope represents your eternal life. This is the timeline of your life. Here we go, thank you. Wow. It's a little shorter. I think some people have used some of the rope. (laughs) But I knew it. Thank you, Pastor Dan. This rope illustrates the timeline of your life and my life in this four-inch section. I don't know if you can see this four-inch section all the way in the back. This represents the here and now. This represents right now, your present life right now in this world. But this rope, it represents the timeline of your life. It goes on forever and ever and ever. These four inches and what we do in these four inches make all the difference regarding what happens in the life thereafter, James 4, 13 through 14 say, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we come before you this morning and I pray over these next few moments you would speak to our hearts through your holy word that it would build us up, that it would strengthen us in our faith. God, that it would awaken faith in people's hearts in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. These four inches represent your life right now, this moment, today. The decision you make about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection will determine where you spend eternity, whether with God in in heaven or apart from him in a place called hell. Both are real places. As a Christ follower, what you pursue and invest in right now, in that blue part, those three or four inches, the vapor of your life, will determine your eternal rewards. The red part, or the blue part, excuse me, of your timeline, such a tiny, tiny part of your life. Is where you will be given the opportunity to receive God's gift of grace and forgiveness, God's free gift of salvation, or reject it. We just read in, in James chapter four how life is a vapor. A, a vapor is a sh- is is short lived. You, you see the mist for a moment, and a few minutes later, it's gone. You, you see the steam rising from your coffee, from your hot coffee, and in just a second, it disappears. In life, this moment, right now, this little blue section of the rope that illustrates right now, your present life right now, is but a vapor. It's like a vapor, when compared to eternity this little blue part the right now is when you are given the opportunity the blessing to invest in the eternal to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven in Matthew chapter 6 i like us to look at verses 19 through 33 Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye... And if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masses, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Amen. Today I want to talk briefly about the danger of eternity amnesia. Eternity amnesia. And we'll go on just to focus for a brief time here this morning on verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. We are people who always live in pursuit of treasure, some kind of treasure. We're either living for earthbound treasures, all of those physical experiences and relationships and possessions, all the stuff of of right now, all the stuff of, of right now. I think we can all relate to that reality. Or you're living in the midst of all those things, the experiences the relationships, the possessions. You're living in the midst of all those things with your eyes toward treasures in heaven, eternity. Here in today's text, Jesus confronts us with our exclusive treasure pursuit. It's one or the other He says, no one can serve two masters at the same time. It's absolutely impossible. Bottom line, we are always serving just one kingdom, the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of God. You can't serve two masters. It's absolutely impossible. This is not my idea. This is God's truth. There is always something that's ruling our heart. And what rules our heart will then form our choices and our behaviors in this blue section of our timeline of life that goes on forever and ever and ever. It's very, very important that we humbly submit to the truth that it is impossible for you to be serving two masters at the same time. Jesus said it. He said, you will hate the one and love the other. Or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot pursue earthbound treasure and eternal treasure at the same time. It's spiritually impossible. The pride in me wants to think that I'm able to do that. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not. I'm always either serving or in pursuit of the temporary treasures of earth, asking those treasures to be my Messiah, asking those treasures to do for me what they can't possibly do, truly fill and satisfy my heart. It's true of all of us. Or I'm serving and pursuing the eternal kingdom of God that has now come into my heart through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, understanding that this moment, the the right now, the right now, this moment, understanding that this moment, the right now, my present life in this world is connected to the great redemptive story that this moment, this vapor extends into eternity and I live as if that's true because it is. Do we have that deep conviction? Do we see all of life in light of eternity? All of our experiences, all of our relationships, all of our possessions in the light of eternity because we believe This to be true. I choose to act in a way and with words and behavior that's shaped by a desire to move in the same direction that the eternal kingdom of God is moving in. And so, what that means in this moment, I want what the eternal King Jesus wants for me in this moment, in this moment, in the right now. I want what King Jesus wants for me. I want to move every day closer and closer and closer. And I know I'm not alone here this morning. Right now. We're serving one of those two masters. All of us. We're serving one of those two masters. I think of the two gardens, the garden of Eden, the garden of Gethsemane. They provided the setting for two choices that brought opposite results. In the Garden of Eden, Adam's choice to disobey God brought eternal condemnation to everyone. All humanity... While serving God, Adam chose to invest an earthbound treasure to serve an earthly master. You can't serve two masters. The consequences were deadly. And we're, we're feeling the, the repercussions of those consequences today as we live in this broken, fallen world. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Through one man, Adam, sin entered the world. In death through sin, in dust." death. Death spread to all men because all sin. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for investing in earthbound treasure. And Jesus said it in Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, verse 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now in the garden of Gethsemane, Christ's decision to obey his Father's will provides eternal justification to everyone who by faith believes and receives God's gift of grace and forgiveness through his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul writing to the church in in Rome, he writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. We have two choices in this life. Life always comes down to two choices. Now, we we think life is like Baskin-Robbins. There's 33, I don't know how many flavors, how many choices. But in this thing called life, there's always two choices. We have two choices in this life. The The choice we make, whether to receive God's grace or to reject God's grace. We have two choices in this life. The choice we make has either a negative or positive eternal outcome. Romans 5:19 says for as by one man's disobedience Adam many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience Christ many will be made righteous. Thank you Jesus for your obedience to the Father's will. You and I are benefactors. I'm so grateful And I know you are too. Adam never would have eaten the fruit had he known the consequences. He would never have disobeyed God had he known the consequences to himself, the consequences um, for his wife and, and his sons to the whole human race. But he couldn't see the results. He couldn't see the consequences and how they would impact life, what they would look like lived out. All he had was God's word and God's warning of what would happen. It should have been enough, but for Adam it wasn't. But we also see the earthly consequences of Adam's sin. We have God's word and God's warning. We we also see the earthly consequences of Adam's decision to invest in earthbound treasure. We see the result of trying to serve two masters. It's impossible. It has devastating results. There's always lost involved. There's discouragement, there's disappointment, there's despair, there's division, and there's death. The reality of Adam's choice is always before us. Natural disasters, deadly disease, sickness, hatred, There's so much hatred, wars, broken marriages and families, sexual perversion, selfishness and famine, crime, rejection of God. The list goes on and on and on. We not only have God's word and God's warning, we see the earthly consequences of Adam's choice to disobey God. God in his grace allows us to see the consequences of Adam's disobedience of Adam's sin. Church, the choice we make, whether to invest in earthbound treasure or in the eternal treasure of the kingdom of God matters to Jesus, so much so that in our text he confronts us with our exclusive treasure pursuit. We're either storing up treasure on earth or in heaven. And the question is, which is it? This is important. The answer is important. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your heart is, is Jesus' big concern. We have a loving Savior. Here are three important scriptural principles. I have them on your outline. Principle number one. Everyone lives for some kind of treasure. Everyone lives for some kind of treasure. Whether you realize it or not, everybody does. Principle number two, the thing that is your treasure will control your heart. When the Bible uses the word heart, it means the core of your personhood, who you are. You see, what we treasure shapes who we are becoming, what we value, our priorities in life, who we are. And the third principle is this. What controls your heart controls your behavior. What you value. This is an important principle. What we treasure strongly influences our actions. What controls your heart will rule, shape, control your behavior, your your values. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. Master is a term of control. Who has control of your heart? What we treasure rules our hearts, masters us, controls us, rules us. Now, here is what I think is so profoundly important to understand in this passage. Christ only gives us two categories of treasure, and so he he makes it easy for us. He doesn't put in front of us 33 different flavors. That's what makes this passage so helpful and practical. Notice what he says. Do not lay up for yourselves in verse 19 and 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and with thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and with thieves do not break in and steal. And so my life and your life is always shaped and directed by earthbound treasure. Or it is shaped and directed by treasures in heaven. Those are the two options. You see, earthbound treasures is all about present relationships, it's all about present possessions and present experiences, the nowisms of this life. We presently live in the vapor that James describes in his epistle, in his letter. Treasures in heaven, however, mean I relate to all those things. I relate to all the relationships I have. I relate to all the earthly experiences that I have. I relate to all the possessions that I have. With the larger perspective of eternity, God's eternal plan. Do we face the things that we face every day, seeking and pursuing? Not just what these things can can give us, but relating those things from the vantage point of the hope of eternity. Thank God for those experiences. Thank God for those relationships. Thank God for those possessions. But do we relate to them in light of eternity? It's an important thought an important question. What I just said is not a theological point, just a theological point. It's a practical point. That this moment right here, this moment in our timeline of life, that this moment that I'm in, this relationship that I'm in, the situation that I'm in, my response to what is before me is always shaped by a heart-driven pursuit of, e- of, of either earthbound treasure or a heart-driven pursuit of treasures in heaven. We're always pursuing one of those two categories of treasures and so when we are shaped by our heart driven pursuit of treasure in heaven our earthly relationships take on a much deeper eternal perspective and, and meaning our relationships are not just about the, the present things present experiences in the time we share and enjoy together in our relationships here on earth in this blue section of our timeline of life There's an eternal perspective to our relationships. There's a deep love and concern that our family and friends, those we cherish, hear the good news of of Jesus Christ and by faith receive God's gift of eternal life. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 28, I'm going to expound more on this on the 15th. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. Who gives us eternal life? Jesus. When we are shaped by a heart driven pursuit of treasures in heaven, we desire those that we cherish our friends, our family. We desire so deeply for them to experience the eternal life Jesus gives. Amen, church? But if our hearts are driven by earthbound treasure, we won't share the good news of Jesus Christ with our family and friends. We'll share the good news about a temporary earthly accomplishment. And that's okay. We'll share the good news about a a new job about a a job promotion, how our son scored the winning touchdown in his football game. We'll share the good news about the new house we purchased, but we won't share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason is what I call eternity amnesia. What I mean is that we lose sight of God's redemptive plan of eternity. In Revelation chapter 20, we read in verses 11 through 15, the most serious and sobbing scene in all of the Bible. Well, I feel that way because it describes the most tragic event in the history of mankind the Great White Throne Judgment. When was the last time you heard some teaching and preaching on the great white throne judgment? It's something that we don't think a lot about. It's not something that we talk a lot about or give a lot of thought to. This is man's last day in God's court. And it's not pretty. There'll be no debate about guilt or innocence. There will be a swift presentation of the convicting evidence, but no rebuttal. There will be a sentence, but no appeal, a severe punishment with no parole. It is where all unredeemed people will eventually arrive. All who have died in their sins apart from the saving grace of God. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? Do we believe that this portion of Scripture is true? Revelation twenty fifteen says this, and anyone not found written in the book of life. God has a book of life. And those who have received the gift of eternal life that Jesus offers through his death, their names are in this book. Revelation 20:15 says and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Today it's debated whether or not hell really exists. Though this lake of fire exists. It's a real place. When we were in pursuit of earthbound treasure, we lose sight of the fact that this life is not our final destination. But it is meant to be a preparation for our final destination, which is eternity. Church, those who are our guests today, we were all made to live forever. Our friends and family were made to live forever. There's an eternity that awaits them. There's an eternity that awaits us. And when we live with eternal amnesia, eternity amnesia, we are living in this moment as if we have no future, as if our friends and family have no future. There's no thought of the great white throne judgment. That's the danger of eternity amnesia. No thought of the judgment of God. You see, he judged our sins over 2,000 years ago on the cross. And he offers us his grace, and he offers us forgiveness, and through his son, the gift of eternal life. And the world needs to hear this good news. And God has called his people, Christ followers, to be light, to be salt, to be ambassadors, to be preachers of that good news. How God judged our sin on the cross of Christ. And how Christ paid the debt, the penalty for our sin. But anyone who rejects those who do not believe. They stand before this white, this great white throne judgment seat of God. You see, when all we live is in pursuit of earthly treasures, earthbound treasures and not treasures in heaven. We don't live with a sense of urgency to share the good news of Jesus Christ with with family and with friends. We lose that urgency. There's so much stirring in my heart. I see the enemy at work. Distracting us. Pulling us away from the things that really matter. That all of this life for followers of Christ, it's not about this life. Thank God for all the blessings in this life. But do we view all these blessings in light of eternity? As we continue this series, I want to talk about value and the things that we place value on, assigned value, and how those things that we assign value to really begin to master us, really begin to rule us, and I want to look at what God has placed value on, what God has assigned value on, we're going to look more at this. In this series. Jesus is saying something very important to us. Don't make earthbound treasures your Messiah, your Savior. When we do, we begin to live a me-focused life instead of a gospel-focused life. Fear and worry takes hold. In Jesus, in our text today, He reminds us of the gospel of the kingdom of God. In Matthew six thirty three, He calls us seek. He calls for us to seek God's kingdom. He says, "But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you." In church, we're in a war. Life is a war. This isn't peacetime. This war is not fought between you and other people. It's not a war between you and situations. It's not a war between you as a believer and a fallen world. It's a war fought on the turf of your heart. It's a war fought for control of your heart. It's a war between these two masters, between the temporal and the eternal. I am deeply convicted that things are lining up for the return of Christ. everything we see happening in our world today, I can bring you to a scripture that says this will happen as the coming of Christ gets closer. We need to hear more preaching about the coming of Christ so we can think more about eternity, the eternal things and not the temporal that weigh us down, that paralyze us burden us we have a hope church there's a better tomorrow amen there's a homing instinct that god had put has put in us there's a longing deep within and we try to satisfy that longing but that longing is for eternity to return to our home where we will experience everlasting joy. No more tears because there'll be no more sorrow in the presence of almighty God. We have good news, church. We have good news. Let's share that good news. Amen. Let's share that good news. Let's tell everybody we can about that good news. Grateful for the promotion. Grateful for my son who scored the winning touchdown. Not my son. Just an illustration. But nothing compares to the good news of the hope that we have of eternal life and everlasting joy in the presence of almighty God. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart? Just think about where your treasure is. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We just thank you for this beautiful time of worship today. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that your word, your beautiful truth may shape our living. I pray that your word, that your truth may tender our hearts. These eternal truths Awaken I pray through the power of your spirit Maybe someone here today Who has yet Received The gift of eternal life Through faith in Jesus Christ They have not Responded to the good news of Jesus Christ Maybe they haven't understood the good news of Jesus Christ I pray through the power of your spirit You would awaken their hearts Open their minds to this amazing truth draw them to yourself I pray through faith in Jesus Christ Father we thank you for the grace from heaven to live an eternity focused life father help us to see family and friends help us to see co-workers help us to see the grocery clerk help us to see all of humanity made in your image, in need of a Savior. Father, I pray you would grant us boldness to be light, to be salt, messages of the good news of Jesus Christ. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's praise Jesus. He's worthy, church. It's my prayer that you are built up, that you are strengthened in your faith, that we are deeply convicted by the word of God through this series, and that the hope that you have is reinforced in Jesus Christ. So much is happening in our world. I talked to so many people during the week, believers and, and non-believers who are just overwhelmed and stressed by everything that's happening. church, What an incredible time for the church of Jesus Christ to be living. We have a hope. We have good news. It's the best news. Amen. And this bad news world is ready for the good news of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, church? Amen.